The sunlight sparkled and shimmered on the deep blue of the incoming tide, the waves lapping gently at the harbor wall. Fish smacks bobbed lazily on the slight swell, and flocks of seagulls screeched noisily as they anticipated the tidbits that would be thrown overboard as the latest catch was unloaded. Behind the range of mountains, where the deep green of summer and the purple heather was just coming into full bloom, Ian Wright rested his elbows on the harbor railings and idly watched the outboard motorboat, which served as a ferry between Fairborn and Barmouth, chugging its way across the estuary, leaving a trail of foam in its wake. He was in his early twenties, and his broad, handsome face was already tanned to a deep mahogany after less than a week of exposure to these Welsh coast sea breezes. Penny for your thoughts? The attractive, red-haired, freckled-faced girl, dressed in jeans and a sweater, nudged him in the ribs with her elbow. She was roughly the same age as himself, and her slim, perfectly proportioned figure had already caused many a male holidaymaker to glance in her direction. Nothing much, he smiled back at her. I was only thinking how nice it would be to spend another week here instead of going back to London on Saturday. Well, she wrinkled her nose, I must say I agree with you, but I don't think your Uncle Cliff would. This is Dark and Stormy Nights, the podcast where we read the first page, and only the first page, of every novel ever written. I'm your host, Ben Blackberg. And I'm your other host, Ben Levate. And tonight, we're going to be reading Night of the Crabs by Guy N. Smith, published in 1976. Uh, and our guest tonight is Chase Greenley. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Happy to be here. Well, well, we'll see about that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Okay. Well, it's okay. So here's the thing. I I am happy to be here because <laughs> I'm just gonna get right into this right away because this is how this start. This is how pretty much this whole thing started. Because as I was prepping for the episode today, in addition to reading this lovely page of prose, uh, we will. It was a page of prose. Um, mm. I also went back and listened to uh, a couple of episodes. I went through and I looked through fam- for uh, familiar names, and I saw uh, one Will Hughes was on mm-hmm. um, and had a lovely time listening to that. And in that episode, um, you all went down a bit of a rabbit hole trying to find uh, Garfield novels. <laughs> yes. And you found A Tale of Two Kitties, which, fine, okay, okay. But y'all missed the young adults superhero Garfield series. Oh. And I, <sighs> I, I frequently stutter, but just then I didn't stutter. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Pet Force. You can go ahead. If you just Google Garfield Pet Force, it will pop up. It is about an alternate universe in which Garfield and friends are superheroes. And uh, they are these superheroes are kidnapped. And the wizard John in that universe has to pull Garfield and friends from our or from their universe into this other universe. They made five of these books and I read all of them as a child. Oh, uh, this is personal beef. So Mm -hmm. just just to be clear. So there are superheroes, but then they are. So this is like the typical like, oh, no, our our major heroes are gone. We have to turn to these alternate heroes. Uh, Mm hmm. Do they get special powers when they get moved from one dimension they, to another? They get, oh. they get all of the powers of the original heroes. Yeah, Ben, you need to look up one of these book covers. Uh, oh, it will answer wild. many questions and prompt <laughs> many more. 
<laughs> I mean, how, how many of those questions can be answered by, uh, what is it, Rule 34? Uh, <laughs> it, just like, it just feels like, yeah. Uh, yeah okay. Sorry, you, uh, Chase. You were you were uh, explaining the metaphysics of pet force. I I I am giving you the best explanation that I can. What with you know being a solid twenty years out of reading these, mm-hmm. but I have not. I've pulled up uh, the uh, cover for Garfield's Pet Force: The Outrageous Origin by Jim Davis. And uh, yeah, it's got the entire Garfield crew all superheroed and Garfield and Odie are just absolutely Jack. Pookie's a robot. Pookie gets pulled into another universe and gains sentience. Oh, that sounds like horror. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know what the implications of that are. Um, again, because it's been several decades since I've read them. However... It was that moment where I'm sitting in my car driving to and from work. It's like, guys, guys, it's right there. (laughs) You are one Google search away from. I don't know if this is joy or a curse, but here we are. Wow. And of course, the 2009 movie that was based on. Yes. I do love when a Wikipedia article has lines like it was released theatrically in 3D in select countries such as Poland and Spain. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Now, now this, is, this, this is the part of the podcast where we just make faces as we read silently <laughs> yeah. to ourselves. Uh, yeah. No, this, this is some new information. Uh, yeah. Thank you for that. I'm, I'm happy to provide. <laughs> I do like that, like, I don't know. Uh, it, in all the times that I have... Uh, come up with spinoff podcasts for us then i have never never thought of a like garfield specific podcast mm. um, well we'd have to consult with our friends over at being jim davis yep the uh the daily garfield podcast uh hosted by my college roommate's brother i feel like i knew that y- you had guys that had that connection once. it's very but weird I, it has been some time um yeah john gibson mm. Oh, it's very strange if uh, you are, uh, as Ben might be familiar with, the band The Flowers of Disgust. Yes. Uh, from our college days, the intro music will give you flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so shout out to the being Jim Davis crew. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I will uh, ask Danny uh, to ask his brother, um, hmm. but I'm curious where like. Like if, if if okay, so you are a uh, rich cartoonist mm-hmm. who has invented for 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 cat lovers what Snoopy is for dog lovers. Mm-hmm. What makes you say like you know what I've always wanted to do like a portal fantasy with superheroes? <laughs> like how does that like I don't know, like is this secretly one of the things he's always loved, or as I suspect, is it uh, him thinking uh, how can I make more money? I think it's at this point, Jim Davis is more of a brand manager. So it's mm-hmm. probably more like him sitting at a boardroom and pitches come across his desk and he's like, yes, yes. Occasionally right. thinks about saying no, but doesn't. Yes. Again. <laughs> um, have you watched the um, there is a, a gentleman on YouTube called named Quentin Reviews, and he has an incredibly I think it's like an hour, hour and a half long mini documentary of 
a Garfield themed vacation he and his dad took a couple of years ago <laughs> where they went to uh, the birthplace of Garfield, Muncie, Indiana, and just kind of hit the Garfield tour sites, <laughs> including the now uh, disused uh, Paws Incorporated headquarters. Oh, wow. Which was just like hanging out in Muncie, Indiana. And uh, apparently the biggest reason they held on to it for so long, because the strip had gone fully digital. I don't even think Jim Davis draws it anymore. He's got like a team of artists that does that now. But the only reason they kept it for as long as they did was because they would keep all the Garfield merch there so that when somebody would walk in and it's like, look at look upon my empire and despair. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, well, you 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 want to see what a thing would look like? You mean this thing we made ten years ago? Yeah, we've already done it. What else is new? Oh, hmm. huh. <laughs> we're about uh, ten minutes in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I guess I I should ask the the usual. Are either of you familiar with Night of the Crabs or other Guy and Smith works? I Chase, think you, you mentioned. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. I think I was just gonna say, oh. <laughs> <laughs> podcasting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think like a lot of people, my primary familiarity with Night of the Crabs comes from seeing people post the cover on Twitter, either individually or in compilations of look at this shit book covers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I my familiarity extends to about the same. I certainly have not come across the literary stylings of Mr. Guy N. Smith, but I am fascinated and repulsed. <laughs> this is, uh, that, that is what we're here for. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I'm curious, uh, Chase, you mentioned uh, doing some preparation for this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, a thing uh, I think we ask you not to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just so that we're on an even playing field. The, uh, the prepper... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just curious what, what sort of uh, preparation or... Uh, if if you Googled Guy N. Smith. I, I did not. I, I My preparation extended to reading the one page, which I was supposed to do, mm-hmm. or at least that is the impression I got, uh, and uh, listening to other episodes of the show just so I could catch the vibe. <laughs> so no, I, I I would not put the uh, the, the fantastic uh, Wikipedia hunting off until, or, or, you know, do that ahead of time. <laughs> That's part of the show. Speaking of, so I am glancing at his Wikipedia page. Uh, <laughs> so, well, I think we're all agreed that we don't know much about Guy N. Smith and probably have not heard of him. He is massively prolific. Mm-hmm. Apparently, according to this one Wikipedia header, he is called sometimes the Great Scribbler. He's written over a thousand short stories and like dozens of novels. Okay. In categories such as werewolf series crab series truckers series sabat series thirst series softcore pornography oh wow this guy's got a lot of crab books yeah (gasps) oh that's true (laughs) oh what a different time Mm -hmm. it was back in the 70s oh wow yeah I've got to I've got to figure out a way to show you all the compilation because I found a compilation of his crab series books of the just the titles, titles and covers. And these are phenomenal. 
Like, I don't know. I like Guy N. Smith, like, seems to like a pipe, looks good smoking a pipe, has written a lot of books. That's great. I want to meet the guy who did the art for Crab's Moon. Mm-hmm. Before we move on from that, though, uh, since you brought it up, there is a section on his Wikipedia page. Uh, it's just personal, but it is entirely comprised of his pipe accomplishments. <laughs> He has literally won the British Pipe Smoking Championship. <laughs> and also, for, for a somber note, uh, he passed away uh, two years ago in December mm. 2020 uh, at age 81. Mm. And his death was not pipe related. So that's one point for him, I guess. Uh, mm. Rest in peace. And now back to our usual nonsense. Uh, what 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 is your favorite of the? What's your favorite title of the Crab series? Oh, you know, quick round robin, lightning round. Oh, crabs on the rampage is pretty good. I think that I might have to give it to the final entry in the series for mixing up the title conventions. Mm-hmm. The Charnel Caves colon a Crab's novel. <laughs> It's either that or Crab's Moon, which I think like is is a nice sort of down note in the list mm-hmm. of titles that really is interesting to me. Like this is the sort of peaceful, reflective, introspective crab novel in between Crab's on the Rampage and Crab's the Human Sacrifice. Um, Crab's Moon is giving me big demon souls energy, and I am here for it. <laughs> yeah. I also can't go away without uh, get away from this without saying crabs armada. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that was a strong contender for me, uh, mm-hmm. if only just because, of course, like armada, of, of course, makes me think of ships, right? Mm-hmm. And so at first I think of crabs on ships mm-hmm. invading England, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah, that'd be a fun alternate history. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what What is your favorite then? I, I I like I mean uh, I, I like of course the the publishing conventions that leads the third in the series to be called the origin of the crabs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is fun to me human sacrifice uh, you know has a certain spice to it that you wouldn't get if they dropped the word human mm-hmm. right uh, but uh, crabs unleashed makes me think mm-hmm. that like there are crabs leashed in the world somewhere. Mm. That's a fun image. Uh, but honestly, I have to cheat and go to the short stories. Crustacean Vengeance. Okay, fair. <laughs> yep. uh, although you should check out the cover to Crabs the Human Sacrifice, which is, I think, the iconic uh, fucked up cover to share on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's that's incredible. It does remind me. So what, what we were looking at or uh, what, what I'm looking at is a crab holding a, a dagger in its claw, threateningly over uh, a woman on some sort of altar or or or, or laying down in some ways. Uh, Not to be outdone. The alternate cover is just a crab holding a bloody dagger in front of an altar, uh, which notably has a cross on it, which means <laughs> this is taking place in a Christian or Catholic church, which makes me way more curious about what these crabs are up to. Well, I mean, we are in Wales. Mm, that's true. 
it's funny. Th- this does bring us back to uh, the original question uh, and point, which is that like none of us knows uh, the work of Guy N. Smith. Correct. But we are all aware of the covers. Um, I, mm-hmm. I I think I I don't know if either of you have looked at uh, uh, paperbacks from hell. Uh, past guest uh, Grady Hendrix's book on the the paperback boom in horror, but there was a whole chapter on uh, uh, like nature uh, rampaging, mm-hmm. and the the cover that we have uh, and that we will post kind of points to this. When like it doesn't say you know by the author of or you know anything like that. It says in the tradition of the rats, mm-hmm. and the rats being like a different book where rats turn on people, right? Yeah, like so. There, there was something in the seventies where I guess people were interested in uh, nature turning on us. Mm. I mean, that makes sense. Oh yeah, as people deserve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess is this like the uh, like someone reads Silent Spring and was like, "I'm really worried about pesticide use, but I'm a, I'm a horror author. Like, how can I translate this fear into my medium?" Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say, uh, I'm not finding the cover for Crab's Armada. Ah, a little disappointing. Oh, I've I've got one. Hold on. Yeah, there's there's one that's just line art. That's the one I'm seeing. Yeah. Uh, it might be that Crab's Armada was not published separately. Oh. Um, that's one thing. I it's a chapbook. Uh, I have to say, I do like the font uh, in in the cover we're looking at, Night of the Crabs, with mm-hmm. that one big A. <laughs> I, don't know, I find that kind of charming that, that that continues in some of the other covers for some of the other books in the series. Yeah. Not all of them, but I like that one, that one big A. I'm going to really quick. I found uh, another cover for Crab's Moon, uh, which I think deserves some attention. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. The eyelashes on that crab. The crab has eyelashes. It's like riding yeah. a giant wave. It's uh, the other. Yeah. The other thing that I notice uh, on these covers is a complete lack of consistent scale on the crabs. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're <laughs> crab sized. You know, like the size of a largish crab. Right. This one is dwarfing a a sizable skiff. Mm-hmm. And its its claws look. Kind of gooey. They do look kind of gooey. I wonder. Yeah. Do you think this is? Uh, I mean, do do you think Crab's Moon is a? I don't know. Uh, like um, uh, a, a, a crab, like a like a, a crab slash woman horror. Like, there's something about those eyelashes. This is the lady crab. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the brood mother. Mm. Yeah, that's why she's so big. Hmm. Like that is a that's some Lovecraftian scale going on there with that crap. It is unreasonable. Uh, uh, sorry, I just saw the the beginning of a uh, uh, of of, of a, a review for Crab's Moon. Uh, a curious installment. It does fill a gap that was present within Night of the Crabs. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to know this guy like saw a plot holes like. Nah, I gotta. I, I I can't leave that one sit. Yeah, like some someone pointed out, like yeah, but what does the story look like from this person's point of view? And it's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I need to make sure the lore is complete, right? <laughs> like as prolific as this guy is, I 
if I did not commit to just reading the first page of this, I would almost consider like, all right, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, well, so how, how did you like this first page of text? It, yeah, it is not. It's not poorly written, but I don't like the words. <laughs> like, I like the words, but just not in this order. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Um. Yes. Sorry, I was just noticing. I, I have a note here just for the cover. Uh, I said ten ten. Uh, no notes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect cover. Yeah. It is a very well drawn crab standing atop a danger keep out sign. It has been thoroughly pinched apart by uh, by those uh, very large uh, pinchers. Yeah. There's there's a reason that these covers are making their way to Twitter mm-hmm. uh, in this the year of our Lord twenty. 22 <laughs> I had, uh, had to think about that one for a minute right i really did mm-hmm. um i guess let's hit our first line uh however many minutes in we are now the sunlight sparkled and shimmered on the deep blue of the incoming tide the waves lapping gently at the harbor wall might be one of the better lines on the page yeah well, it's nice it's evocative mm-hmm. so it's a little scene we know it's going to be mm-hmm. contrasting Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I, I think I'm going to say overall, I, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the note I have here that I, I'd like to start with is mm-hmm. just that, um, uh, I don't believe in uh, where, oh, do I even have this note? Uh, no, never mind. I don't have a note. Okay. I, I have nothing. No. Um, uh, I enjoyed this page, uh, for what it was, mm-hmm. which is like, the it's 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 the like um uh apologies to anyone here who does improv uh as i do and or did uh again who, who knows uh, what what year it is or what we do with our time uh <laughs> but like th- there there's a classic game that i enjoy called uh story spine mm-hmm. where you just you you go around and you have like seven uh stems for sentences uh and they are something like uh, once upon a time, uh, and every day, uh, until one day. Uh, and I just remember like when I, and then it goes on, you know, until one day Mm -hmm. and then, and then, and then, you know, uh, and there's something about that, like thinking about how stories set up with like, okay, this is the scenario. And then there's like an event or something that like disrupts the status quo. Mm -hmm. And that obviously does not cover all the stories, uh, in the world, but like very much, I think that like a lot of, uh, nature run amok horror stories are going to start with like there's a peaceful village and then crabs yeah you know or rats or locusts or something and so Mm -hmm. just like just coming in from that point of view i was just like okay like there's nothing interesting about this page (laughs) like uh except for the 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 mention of this being a a welsh coast like this could be anywhere (laughs) you know like i was when when i got to fairborn and barmouth i was like okay so we're in maine (laughs) <laughs> and then i got to I, wales I, I was like is that how i'm supposed to pronounce those names i feel like i must be wrong <laughs> yeah yeah i was also getting big main vibes like mm. this felt very stephen kingy mm-hmm. at least in that first paragraph mm-hmm. yeah yeah so so i guess i i i appreciate that i think this page uh and this writing kind of hits what it's trying to do uh that said uh, do I need sunlight to both sparkle and shimmer? <laughs> um, and like, 
everything is very uh, uh, telegraphed or like every, everything is very clear. Uh, everything is marked very clearly with like an adjective about how we should feel about this. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like everything in that first paragraph uh, practically is like lapping gently, bobbed lazily, like deep green of summer. Yeah. You know, full bloom. Like the fact that we get the fact that we get fishing smacks bobbed lazily and flocks of seagulls screeched noisily in the same line. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, that, that, that was a point in reading where I was like, OK, this is going to be uh one of those <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah 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 and i definitely think like if you are writing you know x number of books a year like on mm-hmm. a typewriter right yeah <laughs> uh like your brain is going to go to like have you ever found yourself like uh, sometimes i will find myself writing something uh and i will just like say the full phrase and then i was like wait why like just like a very well-worn f- phrase right like mm, you know mm-hmm. the kind of you know like oh for all intents and purposes and i'm like like what wh- wh- why would, why do i need to say that here mm-hmm. like it just like it's just mm-hmm. muscle memory right? yeah right and so I, I imagine there's a lot of just like like oh yeah okay you know i definitely think a big part of that problem could have been cleaned up by a more judicious editor mm-hmm. <laughs> assuming then again, it's also very likely that this was way worse before it got to that editor. We will never know. <laughs> yeah, true. Although, based on volume, I have to wonder if this went through like a publishing house that focused very much on uh, volume and very little on editing. And, um, yeah. and particularly... Run it through a spell check and call it good. Yeah, like particularly since Guy N. Smith is so prolific, I wonder if he's one of those guys who just like hands over a manuscript someone flips mm-hmm. through it and they're like okay good boom mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're like you bring it in it's like get it to the airport yeah it's like well like oh like you know like guy this one only came in at you know fifty thousand words I'm like okay i can do ten thousand extra words of adjectives yeah like i can do that uh but yes otherwise i think these were probably written pretty quickly and like probably pretty formulaically which again mm-hmm. like i don't know for some like if this was all I had in the world, I, uh, I would not be happy, but like, you know, I could see this being a nice change of pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Sorry. But that was the first paragraph. Everything is nice except for the seagulls, which might be a, an omen of nature. Although I do, I do want to hit the last paragraph of the first or the last sentence of the first paragraph mm-hmm. behind mm-hmm. the range of mountains where the deep green of summer and the purple heather was just coming into full bloom uh, a, a sentence which does not actually have a main verb. Mm-hmm. No, like when when I was reading this page, I had to stop on that one like three or four times because you you can't tell what to hit until you finish the <laughs> sentence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. also like the fact that it's the deep green of summer and the purple heather was just coming into full bloom makes me wonder if I still got it wrong because I can't tell if both of those things are coming into full bloom and if so what's the end of the clause of the deep green of summer (laughs) yeah yeah there's a lot left dangling (laughs) yeah i read that and and like for for me it was just like like postcard like like all all i'm supposed to get out of this is that like everything's nice yeah i i guess there is a sense in which like removing the concept of verb from that sentence is exactly what he wants to do (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah and that's a good point yeah that's an interesting idea 
<laughs> not easy to read, though. No. Not out loud at any rate. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to Ian Wright, idly watching the gentle, the trail of foam. Like, everything is just so, I don't know. I, <laughs> everything is so, like, idyllic summer in Maine. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is what I was thinking until I hit the word Welsh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and even then, like, Penny for Your Thoughts is the first dialogue, and that has no particular uh, accent in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Penny for Your Thoughts is a a, 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 it is not regionally specific. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It is a very well-worn idiom. Couldn't mm-hmm. come from anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing with this page for me is that, like, you know, there's there's this sort of standard lovely scene setting you get in the beginning of a novel that's about to go horribly. But once we start introducing the characters, these this these are so stock 1970s descriptions mm-hmm. that like on the one hand, you want to have something to say about his description of this woman and how like extremely male gazy it is. But it's real gross. It's so like <laughs> just copy and pasted from a hundred other novels that it's just like, okay, you just put it here so we can get it out of the way. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've seen these exact sentences in so many fantasy novels mm-hmm. <laughs> before and after. Yep. Yep. And like, even his description of, of his protagonist, Ian Wright is like, you know, he gets all those data pointing. He's like, he was in his early 20s, broad, handsome face, already tanned. Like, okay, we're really mm-hmm. just locking it in there. Mm-hmm. You, you've you created a protagonist. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You have to imagine, like, how much easier this would be today with, like, uh, macros on your computer. Just, like, mm-hmm. insert, insert protagonist mm-hmm. and it just, like, you know, inserts, like, you know, uh, handsome face, lantern jaw. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, at this point, you could probably set up like a set of algorithms to generate a protagonist, like, like a like a Markov chain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That would, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, I, you know what? If somebody wanted to do that, do that, and or somebody did that, I'd play with that for a couple of hours. I bet. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Just generate protagonist after protagonist. See how weird it gets. Yep. <laughs> Just like. See how many times you have to run it before you get someone who's not like a white guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's again, like, I, I don't know why. Uh, well, to, to, to peek behind the curtains, this was the second uh, book uh, first page that I read uh, in one mm-hmm. day. And like, there's something about. Again, I'm, I'm just going to be like damning with faint praise here, but like, <laughs> like, like if you want a book that only requires a certain amount of your brain because you already know the story. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like this is it, right? You know, arguably actively better with only a certain part of your brain. Full <laughs> attention to this. I can almost guarantee you guy did not give his full attention while writing it. Why should I give my full attention while reading it? Yeah. 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 Like it, it strikes me that another reason that this is this particular set of covers has been blowing up on Twitter is because the entire concept is like vibe. (laughs) Like it's just like horror movie plus insert goofier animal than you would expect is the (laughs) biggest possible 
21st century Twitter vibe you can think of. It's also worth pointing out, and we have not mentioned this, and I only just now noticed it, is that the title of the book is Night of the Crabs, but above the title is in the tradition of the rats, Mm -hmm. Night of the Crabs. So it seems like that's this guy's just whole MO is like, take a slightly uncomfy animal, make it big and inconvenient. Actually, apparently the rats is by James Herbert. Is this guy just like chomping some other guy's steez? I wonder if I wonder if they're like in the same publishing house or something. Mm. Uh, Because they're both UK. Let's see. Rats is New English Library. That one. I do like the like like I just I can't call it just the crabs like that that sounds silly. I'll call it Night of the Crabs. Like that's a mm-hmm. now people are gonna call me out for 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 chomping the rat stees. I'll just call them out. I'll give them credit on the first on the on the mm-hmm. t- on the cover page. It's fine. Also, apparently, the rats was an adventure game on the Commodore sixty four in nineteen eighty five. All right. Yeah, n- New English Library, same publishing house. Okay, mm. there it is. It's a team effort. And I want to say, I mean, like, I th- this easily could have been just like, like, that was a success. And then they were like, okay, like, you write about crabs. You write about snails. You write about, you know, just farming it out to their, their house team. Or, uh... Well, I also wonder if it's more a trajectory of, like, the rats biting on, like, Willard. And that, like... Early 70s, late 60s rat horror. So we've got like, oh, rat movies are in. Let's write a book to capitalize on the rats. Oh, the rat thing did really well. What else is a crawling monster that can eat you? (laughs) (laughs) And like just following that chain. So you're saying that possibly they had an early version of some sort of Markov chain? Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, No. Okay. Uh, Gosh. Okay. New English Library was merged with Hodor and Stoughton. I wonder what else they published. It says Stephen King, Robert Heinlein. Hmm. I want to know. I want to know about the trash. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Be researched for later episodes. <laughs> or spinoff podcast. Hmm. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> so, sorry. I just found like a, a site with a few of their, their books. So, like, <laughs> you know, Beyond the Curtain of Dark. Okay. The Beast of Jersey. Okay. Cannibals. Okay. Uh, Black Ivory. Hmm. I like, I don't, I don't, hmm. Do do I trust the New English Library to uh, talk about race in a thoughtful manner? What year is that? It's, it's given me strong 70s vibes from the cover. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. Here's a book. This by Raquel Welsh. What's hmm. what is going on here? Yes. So an interesting, an interesting publishing house. Uh, yeah. It was a, d- a different time back then. Uh, and yes, I guess if you are curious uh, to see more covers, I, I really did enjoy paperbacks from hell, uh, which features a lot of covers. Uh, hmm. I, I know my library offers it as an audiobook also, uh, <laughs> which I thought was a very funny choice for just like, it's like, you know, we have all these excellent covers. Would you like just to hear me, like, read them? Hmm. Careful descriptions. Ah. Yes. So, (laughs) in summary, 
Uh, Crabs. <laughs> I can in summary. It does what it says on the tin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, like, there, there is one moment at the end when Ian writes an uh, unnamed uh, woman companion, mm-hmm. uh, wrinkles, her, wrinkles her nose, um, which feels also like a very, like, sort of stock, like, like you're writing and you're like, okay, I have a woman, I don't have a name or, like, personality, uh, like, uh, <laughs> you know, anything but beyond her description is perfectly proportioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need like, a but beat. I need to give her, yeah. Like I need some 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 physical thing that sounds cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when she says, "I don't think your uncle Cliff would uh, agree," I'm like, "Oh, there's there's trouble in paradise." Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. what does Uncle Cliff say? We don't think much about Uncle Cliff. Yeah. How does this girl know Uncle Cliff? <laughs> uh, I can't tell if you're. It, it almost sounds like you're doing a riff on the movie uh, Airplane. Uh, gosh, why didn't they ever? Why didn't the Zucker brothers, when they were doing crazy comedies, ever do a animal uh, horror parody? Probably because animals are expensive. Yeah, probably. Yeah. There must be a movie of this. How do you train crabs? Well, that's my night, sorted. (laughs) (laughs) Recording two, not happening. (laughs) Gotta learn about crab training. (laughs) Crab husbandry. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I can't... uh, I wonder, okay, here, here's a question that I, n- none of us can answer. We'll have to actually do some, some research into the 70s uh, mm-hmm. and people who read this. But like, um, I'm sure that some people read this very seriously. But were there some people who were kind of reading it uh, like half ironically or like, well, like, is, is, is there, if you were going to make a movie of this today, you mm-hmm. would have, you, you, you couldn't play it straight, right? It would no. have to be like mm-hmm. half half comedy, right? It would have to be like, yeah, that or like a self aware B movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, like where it's not funny so much as it's just yes, we are doing this completely seriously. Isn't that mm-hmm. funny? Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. Like, um. Have you all ever seen Black Dynamite? No. Sounds familiar. It is a fan fantastic movie that is a parody of the black exploitation movies of the 1970s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i cannot give it a blanket recommendation because <laughs> i can you know it's a movie from the 2010 like the early 2010s uh may actually be from like 0809 either way um but with that said the last time I saw it, which was about that time, I really enjoyed it. And I think it'd be worth checking out if you are of that ilk that would enjoy such a thing. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I think sometimes we have a tendency to take uh, the past seriously mm-hmm. <laughs> in a way like, OK, here, this is uh, maybe a bad uh, comparison or, or reference, but uh, do you remember the movie, or have you seen the movie Gods and Monsters uh, about an aging James Whale? I have not. The, That's no. with Ian McKellen? Yes. I, I remember when it came out, but I don't and, uh, know much about it. I think Brendan Fraser, which means that it's uh, about time for this movie to be rediscovered mm-hmm. uh, uh, as part of the, uh, I don't know, Fraser sense uh, I don't know what we're calling that one. Um, the Brendaissance? Oh, yeah, it's right there. Good good job. That was that. Um, uh, uh, and 
James Whale, uh, an elderly James Whale, uh, is being looked after by uh, this, uh, you know, young guy in Hollywood as a, I don't know, like, it, it's like he's the gardener and they become friends or something. I can't remember mm-hmm. what. Uh, but one one night, Brendan ends up in a bar and Bride of Frankenstein comes on the TV and like people aren't really paying attention. Uh, but then when they do, they start like laughing at it. And, and Brendan, uh, gets very upset at this and he's like, Oh, like this is, it's supposed to be scary. Like this is, you know, this guy's, you know, magnum opus. Uh, and then he goes, you know, and talks to James Whale and, and James Whale says something like, well, I hope they laughed at it. Like, I hope <laughs> they got that. I was, I was being kind of, you know, funny. Um, and like, I, I just wonder like, is like, was there some like wink in, in Guy N. Smith's writing? Mm. Um, or in like the editorial choices, you know, or, 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 or in the reading public, the reception, I just, and that, that, that's a question that I can't, uh, answer, uh, with Wikipedia in, in 30 seconds. Yeah. So I will never, I will never find out the answer, but I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, like one does wonder if, if like there were people seriously committed to the crab cycle. (laughs) Were there crab stands? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, now, now, now I'm just trying to make like a crab cycle, Krebs cycle joke. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I would have to remember which part. That's a uh, uh, energy creation, right? That's how I think so. your mitochondria work. I don't know. Uh, but yes, no, I do want like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just wonder, like my, my guess is that Guy and Smith was writing too fast to uh, have much an opinion one way or the other. That mm. sounds terrible. I don't want to malign someone, but like, you know, uh, gotta get back to pipe smoking. Yeah, true. No, that was, it, it, this was the thing that he did to uh, subsidize his, his his true passion. Ab- absolutely. Uh, hmm. oh. Any closing thoughts? No, no. I think we covered it. <laughs> uh, in that case, Chase, where can folks find you online? Uh, folks can find me at uh, TQ Loudly on Twitter. And uh, on the Ghostlight Media Podcast Network, of which I am the creative director of, uh, notably, you can find me as the DM of Another Path, uh, which we are actually closing in on the end of our third season. Uh, so we are you know, fairly high-level D&D, if that is your steez. This is a really great place to hop on, especially because we will, at the end of the season, be starting with brand new characters. Um, end of an era. Yeah, no, it, we, we've been playing these characters for by the time the last episode ends or the last episode goes up, it'll be about five years. So so pretty wild. Um, and then I'm also a player on Imprinted Echoes, uh, which is a another actual play podcast where we use the cipher system in the world of Numenera. Thanks for joining us on Dark and Stormy Nights. I've been your host, Ben Blackberg, and you can find me on Twitter at InCatastrophe. And I've been your other host, Ben LeBate. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Reciprocity. You can find the games that I write at MrReciprocity.itch.io. And you can find my other podcast, The Chimera, 
at thechimera.space, on Twitter at ChimeraPod, or on your podcast app of choice. For show updates, follow Dark Knights Reads on Twitter, or visit darknightsreads.com. And we'll meet you back here next week. sparkled and shimmered on the deep blue cat made noise let me try that again (laughs) behind the range of mountains where the deep okay now she's using the box (laughs) 